Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited to have you join us today. We are going to talk about, well, everybody's favorite subject, family. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's everybody's favorite subject, but everybody has one, either one that, you know, they were born into, one that they created, or one that they met and decided this is now my family. So sometimes it's a born family, a made family, a created family. Or all of the above. So one of the things that uh, we kind of bring as a unique perspective into this industry or really into any business is the fact that, well, we've known each other a little while and our moms have known each other for a little while. A long while. They've known each other for like 80 years. I think, like yeah, I think that counts as a long while, 80 <laughs> years. I mean, unless you're a tree. <laughs> Let's not tell them you just compared them to a tree. Okay. So basically, if you haven't figured it out, yes, Carrie and I are cousins and we spent some time together when we were kids during the summer. Uh, but in 1998, I moved to Austin at the end of the year in October, and we became a whole lot more than just summer childhood cousins. And over the course, uh, you guys heard our story last week or a few weeks ago when we talked about 20 years as Texas director and all of its versions and um, some of the other stuff that we had done. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of working with family. And we are going to look at it from the childcare industry as well as just some things that we've learned. Um, And I want to start with just sometimes we end up with family working with us or for us because, well, (laughs) they're easy (laughs) to find and it's easy to get them trained and they are generally fairly committed to support you. (laughs) I want to make sure that uh, just kind of to put a thought in the back of your head that we don't just talk about the director or owner working with their own personal family, but also having staff who are family members to each other, but not to the leader, right? Because sometimes you hire somebody and then you hire their kid or their sibling or their cousin. Um, and so I want, I don't want to talk about that right now, but I want to like stick it in your head. And so in case somebody was listening and was like, well, I'm not going to ever worry, work with my family. They will probably work with employees who are related. Sometimes even married couples will work at a child care center together. It's this crazy concept. <laughs> well, the other thing with that though, is it's also one of those things that we talked about all the different versions of family. So although you may not necessarily work with your immediate children. I mean, when you started your child care center, your children weren't zero. And um, one was negative <laughs> and one was one, to be clear. Average is zero. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, your children were really, really young. So they were obviously not coming to work with you, work for you at that age. Yeah, they and- came with me. Joanna came every day because she had no choice. She was in my stomach. Yes. And so, <laughs> however, early on, you did have 
adopted family, great friends who had known you for a very, very long time at that point in time. And so although they may not have been your biological family, which they did come and work for you pretty early on, I mean, or yeah. were involved in your business. Yeah. You can definitely I mean, put Jenny involved in your business. I'm kind of, I think, a, a, a bit of a, an albatross or something in that I have worked with every member of my immediate family in a professional capacity. I've worked with my father, my mother, all three of my siblings, both of my children, and my husband. That's all the people I got in my immediate family. And then, of course, I've worked with my cousin. I've worked with an uncle. I've worked with another cousin. Like... <laughs> A lot. Um, I think all but one of my best friends. <laughs> um, I've worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that best friend that you haven't worked with, I think, is one that's also also kind of related as a cousin-in-law. Isn't that mm-hmm. the only one? Yeah. Okay. So with all of that, I mean, we are not going to attempt to do a family tree. Um, let's just say that that would hurt everybody's head who was listening. Even if we drew it out and you could watch a video of it, it would still hurt your head. So on that, let's talk a little bit about the advantages of reaching out to immediate family and family, uh, and biological and adopted family or family by association. In other words, really, really good friends. What are some advantages of going that route, whether it's for staffing, whether it's for services provided? Mentorship. Um, I mean, one of the easy, one of the quickest reasons that comes to my mind anyway, is that shortcut. Like we have a language that Sometimes we don't have to say as many words because I can just go, oh, it's just like at Camp Frederick. And you're like, yeah, totally. Um, Where nobody else on the planet (laughs) knows what that means. Or understands our fascination with stickers. Yes, stickers, NCR paper. Um, (laughs) There are things that Kate and I still as, you know, grown ass adults (laughs) are still very (laughs) fascinated with that we started being obsessed with as kids. Um, because of stuff that our parents would let us swipe uh, from their businesses. Um, so I think the shortcut uh, to communication is a big one. And I also think the fact that you know where a lot of their buttons are, so you can avoid them or stomp on them, depending upon the need. Where with somebody you hire off the street, you have no idea what things are going to make them cry (laughs) or make them get so mad that they want to walk out of a room, right? But with someone you know really, really well, you can avoid the landmines. So I think those are two of the biggest reasons. Okay. You know where the buttons are and you have a shortcut language. Okay. So let's take that and flip that. Let's make, no, I was, I'm going to ask you the, what are the downsides? Oh, you're going to ask me. I was going to ask you. Okay. No, what no, are the downsides? Turn. Well, I think that both of the reasons that you gave as upsides are also downsides in the fact that you may forget how to communicate with somebody who is an employee, if they are also your family. Unfortunately, a lot of us have this, we just assume people know what we mean. And especially if you've gotten to the point where you're hiring family, so it could be because you're new or it's just been 2022 and you can't hire anybody, can't find anybody to hire, right? So you're just, you're a little stressed and you would, 
end up finding yourself talking to your relatives or really good friends in a way you would never have talked to a complete stranger. And I think that that is um, a good thing and a bad thing because there is that whole, they're going to give you a sense of grace because, well, they can tell you're having a bad day. Uh, However, in that same sense, we may not always know when they're having a bad day or that the way we just talked to them was part of creating a really, really bad day. Now, with that said, I think, again, some of those other advantages or disadvantages also know, you know, more than, so most of your staff, you know what they've done, like whatever they tell you on paper. As a relative, you know a lot more, uh, depending on who or what, you know everything, right? So when you and I um, have employed our uh, young adult children at different points in time in our businesses, it was really hard because on some levels, we knew what they were capable of. Yeah. We knew what their schedules were. We knew what time they did or did not have to get stuff done. So we weren't as easy for them to BS. Um, however, we also probably had a different standard. We let them slide. We let we kept them around where had we been paying somebody else, we probably would have let them go. Yeah, so, that's and, a good possibility. You know, at different not, times. At different or, times, yeah. Or we didn't pay them what we would pay somebody who we hired off the street. Yeah. You know, I I know that when it comes to doing filing, one of my children can do all of my filing and she can get it done really quickly, where in my head, it should cost X amount of money because it would take me that long. She can get it done in no time at all. So I pay her (laughs) by the hour (laughs) as opposed to by the gig and That's not a good choice for her. And so sometimes we can undervalue them because we have that close relationship. But sometimes we are their first client or their first experience in doing that kind of work. And we want to keep them at what we started paying them versus perhaps what they get to charge others now that they have our experience. Right. So those are some immediate pluses and minuses that come to my mind. And a lot of it does come back to communication. And we just need to kind of remember that when we're in a work setting, they need to be professional with us and we need to be professional with them. We don't necessarily want them calling us mom um, or daughter or whatever the relationship is, but we also need to remember then that if we want that respect, we have to reciprocate it. Yeah, I mean, I think think working with my mother is the one where I have the hardest time keeping my appropriate hat on well, in which version, which year, which decade? Because I would suspect. So let's let me let me stop you there because those who aren't listening, who are listening, who don't know you, you have worked with your mother in a variety of capacity over the last five decades. And so you've been literally, you know, the the child who she gave busy work to, to give something to do, to, you know, a specific role in a company where you are actually on a professional level, to business partners. But in there, I think she also, didn't she work with you with your childcare program when you first opened and you were some of she your was on. She was on my uh, my my business board. For some reason, I thought she worked in the infant room with you or something at one uh, point in time. On one day. Oh, one on day. The okay. day that Joanna was born. 
<laughs> the day that Joanna was born, she was in the infant room. That's I the only story. Time. I knew I heard a story. <laughs> I yeah. just the day that Joanna was born, both she and my mother-in-law um, worked in the infant room that day. And so I had to self-report to licensing that I had people who hadn't had their background check working in the center. And the licensing rep was really nice and did not do an investigation. I was like, I'm calling you from my center today. I gave birth yesterday. And so there was a per- there were people in my center who had their first aid and CPR but did not have orientation or background <laughs> check. Um, I'm here today, so they're not, but I need to report that yesterday they worked. And she was like, wait, you had a baby yesterday and you're at work today? And I was like, yes. And she's like, I'm not investigating that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so, okay. So the answer to which one of those things is when we were doing the real estate development company, So I was a minor shareholder. She was a major shareholder. She was the managing partner. I was a limited partner. Um, But I handled all of, well, in some ways I was a glorified secretary. I took notes at every meeting, but I was in charge of uh, community relationship, um, which was getting the the, people who are already living there to be happier about the fact that they were living there and have a sense of community. And so it was really important to me as I was learning this new field um, to be seen as, you know, a professional and a grown up, et cetera. Uh, Cause I was pretty well grown up. I mean, <laughs> it was de- I mean, it was within the last decade, right? Decade and a half. I don't even know when I started, but she oh, was so proud of the work I was doing that she wanted everyone to know that I was her daughter. And I was like, that does not enhance my image at all. It makes it look like the only reason I have this job is because I'm your daughter, not because I'm a shareholder in the company, not because I'm qualified, not because I've run companies for two decades. Like none of that comes across when she just wants to introduce me as her daughter at every business meeting. So we had to have some conversations about that. And I'm like, you can tell them I'm your daughter once they've gotten to know me as a professional. Please don't tell them at the introductory meeting. (laughs) So I had to set some boundaries there. And as the director, you need to tell your, you know, sister, brother, child, parent, whoever you're working with, that they're going to need to tell you where their boundaries are because you're not going to know. Like my mom had no idea. I felt embarrassed that she was introducing me that way. I had to tell her that was the boundary. Um, And then as the director or owner, we have to be very clear which hat we have on our head. Is this the boss hat or is this the family hat? And so, and again, my mom has a really hard time separating those two hats. She has always been about business. And so every conversation you have with her involves business. So trying to keep those separate is hard. Um, So I made a real point with everybody else about being very clear, which hat are we wearing right now? And if we're hanging out and then you want to tell me about a birthday party, I'm like, wait, hang on switch hats. Okay. Now we're in the friend mode or the family mode instead of, um, the boss employee mode. 
All right. So let's talk, let's flip a little bit to, um, because otherwise you and I are going to be on this, this will be a really, really long episode. And we knew there was a possibility it could be a long episode or multiple episodes. So I want to talk about real quick, if you're the director or the owner, and you have really great staff who say, hey, I have a sister, I have a cousin who needs a job. So now we are going from, we have hired our own people, because again, especially if you are listening to this in 2022, everybody is just having a hard time finding humans who want to go to work. Um, and so- On somebody else's schedule. <laughs> yes, let alone into the office. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is a really hard industry to do from home. So <laughs> you cannot remote watch children. Yeah, I, I am fairly certain that would not pass any regulation. But anyway, what are some things that immediately come to mind to you that are things to remember when hiring friends or relatives of current employees? Um, I think that, the again, first thought that pops into my mind is when you have a conflict with one, it ends up being a conflict with many. Um, and so being very clear from the time that you interview that other person that I'm interviewing you because you have a recommendation. I'm, you're not automatically given a job and, you know, being very clear that these are separate relationships. So I guess I know I have talked to many a director over the years that is worried about writing staff up because their mom is also the chef. (laughs) And they, they cannot do without the chef because they have the food program and they got 200 people, you know, 200 kids enrolled at the center and they have to have somebody who has the, the food manager training. Right. (laughs) Um, So I, I know that's a challenge, but you know, again, the advantage is they, if, if one person is good and they recommend someone else, they, they know the job and they know what it takes so they're not going to recommend a dud because they're going to have to pick up the slack and they're going to look bad. So would you recommend putting the um, relatives in the same classroom? What might, is there any don't ever do this or do this with caution? Like, are there any really massive yellow, <laughs> yellow blinking lights at you? I mean, I generally don't put people in the same in the classroom who know each other well, or who have the same skill set. So I want there to be some, some contradiction there, but that's my personal preference. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think, I think that it kind of depends. So it depends on their relationship. So sometimes having somebody who is a, a, a sibling or a relative, again, kind of like where we talked about that communication gap, they might work really, really well as a team. You know, I know two cousins that worked really, really well in the school age program running summer camps. Wink, wink. But yet, uh, kind of like what you had mentioned, there's probably a chance where you and maybe your mother um, wouldn't have been the best in a classroom or even you and one of your siblings. However, some of your siblings and at least one of your daughters would have probably been great in a classroom with you. So it really just depends, I think, and having a conversation with the current employee. Um, I think that would be really um, key. Yeah, I think, I think communicating with your employee and saying, okay, if this interview 
works out, do you want them to be on your team or would you prefer for them to be on a different team? If, if both of those are options for you as the director. Yep. Um, so the person who has seniority gets a say, right? And I have been known to give someone a heads up, like just to let you know, I'm going to be talking to Becky this afternoon about something. I just wanted to give you a heads up so that they can mentally prepare for, you know, being cried on or, or whatever. And then I can go talk to Becky and, you know, I didn't tell Becky's family member what we're going to talk about. Just gave them a heads up that Becky and I were going to have a conversation so that I'm showing respect to both parties. Um, and I am not burdening people with other people's business and being very clear in any conversations where I'm giving somebody compliments or I'm, or I'm counseling them that this is about them, not about their family, their crew, whatever it's about them. This is particularly a problem if you have to talk to somebody about being late to work and they carpool. <laughs> the person you have to talk to is the person who drives the vehicle. That's who you have to talk to about the fact that people are being late to work. And if they're like, look, I'm there on time to be able to come, then you go, okay, let me invite them in. And then you have the conversation with both of them in the room together so that they can't, he said, she said, uh, in the conversation. So I'd first talk with the person who's driving. If they say it's the other person's fault, then bring that person in and we're going to have a conversation with everybody in the car and me. <laughs> right. So I have one last thought that I'd like to close this episode out with, which is kind of that same thing, right? Like that, you know, a little bit too much. How do you work around a staff person who you have hired their relative and all of a sudden the staff person starts telling you all the stuff that's going on in their relative's life, which is causing them to miss days or to not be an attentive staff person. So basically you're getting a rumor mill. I mean, but you can get that even when they've just become buddies working in the classroom. I mean, to me, that's no different um, than, than people who've been working together for six months. I know how I would handle it. Let, let's, how would you handle it when you've got rumor mill, whether it's people who've known each other for 10 years or people who've known each other for six months? Well, so I think it comes two ways only because of what you were talking about earlier, as far as the disciplining and what happens. So my biggest concern would be with that is feeling like I have to keep somebody on staff because their relative has told me what's going on in their personal life. They didn't. And this would normally have been a situation that might have caused me to um, let them go. So in other words, they don't show up on a Monday or a Tuesday. They haven't called me. Their relative did tell me that they weren't coming in and why. And it was something, you know, that would have made me, you know, tugged at a heartstring a little bit. Right. So you go, OK, I can kind of relate, but I really wish they had called. And so I think those are the types of situations that as a director, we need to be real careful with. Um, we can do one of two things. We can take that information as a um, stepping stone into a conversation. So they do tell us. So like if they aren't there the first day, but you got a call, you know, you got an insight from the cousin about maybe what happened over the weekend, reaching out and calling that staff person immediately and even saying, you know, hey, 
you know, your cousin told me blah, blah, blah. How is everything? Is that accurate? Because again, yeah, yeah it, it could, they could have made up a different story. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think my gut response is I hate tattletelling. This is why I'm a bad four-year-old teacher. Um, and so if, if somebody is in my ear telling me about what's going on in someone else's life, my response is usually something like, I'm so glad you're concerned for them, but I need their business to stay their business. If they want to tell me something and get my help and support, I am 110% ready to give my help and support, but I need your relationship with that person to be your relationship. If they need my help, then they need to come and talk to me. Yeah. So this is a great example of monkeys. So if you've ever listened to our episode, any of our episodes on monkeys, this would be a perfect example of maybe a relative trying to give you somebody's monkey. Um, And they may not even realize it. Because again, I think they're, I don't think any time it would have ever been done necessarily. Well, I can't say that it could have been done negatively. But you know, I think the intent was to be helpful. So and sometimes they're not even giving you the monkey. They're just showing you the monkey. They're just showing you the monkey and saying, here's a monkey. I'm aware of it. And then they want you to act as if you know about the monkey. Well, that was the other person's monkey. Don't show me their monkey. Not my business. (laughs) Not my circus. Or try to get me to take the monkey. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And um, if you want us to expand on a little bit of this, reach out to us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com and let us know, yes, we need more family. Or maybe it's just a specific HR episode or HR issue that you have that you want us to tackle. And don't forget to write a review on your favorite podcasting app for this episode or any of the episodes. We would love to hear from you. And we will see you, or at least talk to you, next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard, or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.